0: Hey, hi, welcome to the whole podcast. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And you're joining us for a podcast where we talk about, gosh, like life. Life. Not like... Just any, like, everybody's life.
1: It's the podcast of life.
0: It is. It's true. We should change the name. Not really. (laughs) Joining me today, as always, is my very good friend, Pastor Becky. Say hi, Becky.
1: Hi, I'm Becky Alcantara. I'm the author and co-founder of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to help you feel equipped to face life's challenges.
0: And we all need that. We're all facing life's challenges. Yes,
1: absolutely. We all have something that we need to take some time, slow down, and consider, think about, work through, uh, so we can have our best life.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. So we get together uh, on a regular basis and talk about the things that life throws at us or the ways that we deal with life or the conditions of life, the facts of life. (sighs) The facts of life are all about you. (laughs) You take the good, you take the bad, you take them all. There you have the the facts facts of life. (laughs) The facts of life. Anyway, that was a show, uh, if you're a little bit older, that you would know. Uh, It was like about a private girl's school. It was a private girl's school. Mrs. Garrett. Who was the maid... From the show with... uh, (gasps) Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a spinoff. With the butler? No. There might have been a butler, but Mr. Grumman had two boys that he adopted. Mr. Grumman was super rich, and he adopted these two black kids from the inner city. And that show was called... Oh,
1: Different Strokes? Different Strokes. For different folks, yeah. Yes,
0: Different Strokes. Yeah, so she started as the maid for Mr. Grumman. Okay. And then got her own show at The Facts of Life where she went to be like a house mom. She was
1: a spitfire.
0: She was. She was a great lady. Be something maybe. Anyway, I'll figure it out. That's not really important. We're talking about the facts of life, not the show, but the actual condition and the facts of life. Today, we're talking about a really big thing. I feel like it applies to all of us. And we're going to, Becky here in a second is going to take, give you that name, but know that it's it's for everyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today we're talking about trauma and triggers. Trauma in that we all filter our experiences through our unresolved traumas. Uh, unresolved trauma results in recurring and increasing triggers for us as our brain attempts to resolve the hurt and pain. And we all experience triggers in life. We don't always understand why we're being triggered. We don't understand why this incident got us so upset or we felt bad about being in a circumstance, certain circumstance. Uh, And that's because we have traumas in our life uh, that we haven't actually resolved. There's things that are trying to get our attention because our brain was made to want to resolve those things so that we can have our best life. And if there's something that's unresolved, we're going to experience triggers, one, because we're still dealing with that hurt or pain or circumstance. But second, because our brain is also trying to remind us to go back and resolve that so that it doesn't continue to affect us.
0: Mm. Can we go back? Because one of the things I love that we do here is we go back to like the caveman Mm -hmm. start of like why our heads work this way and why our bodies work that way? Can we just start there?
1: Yeah, it's survival mode, right? So it's the very base instinct that you have in your brain. And when you feel like you're threatened or if you feel like you're in danger, we were made, to actually close down any reasoning process uh, so that we aren't distracted by that. And then like when when the saber-toothed tiger comes, then we got eaten because we're like, hmm, is this dangerous? And because we're thinking too long, we didn't actually just move and run and do something. And so that's exactly how a trigger happens. It's letting you know, hey, something's off here and do we need to get into survival mode? And before you even have a chance to do that, it will shut down and put you in survival mode. So maybe you react or maybe you get upset or maybe you feel like running or hiding that That is your base instinct at work.
0: So, because we don't have a cave to hide in or a tree to hide behind or climb up, Mm -hmm. right? And and because the threat isn't a saber toothed tiger, but is in fact, you know, uh, an emotional wound, because we're not like we're not attacked by animals on a regular basis nowadays. No. So, that might have been true back in the Neanderthal days. Right. But it's not true now. But now we're attacked emotionally. Yes. And so that's why, and that's the trauma that we'll feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the trigger happens to say, hey, go climb this emotional tree or go hide in this emotional tree. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Or defend yourself. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yes. And then we'll have that same reaction. So, same thing happens in our emotions. In our emotions, same thing happens mentally, right? Mentally, we may shut down. Mentally, we may go into this overprocessing, right? Where we're just overwhelmed by our thoughts. And then it turns into anxiety and fear, uh, which then has a domino effect. Now we're feeling that in our emotions. Uh, we're uh, feeling upset and then we start feeling it in our body we start getting uh, stress hormones released into our body which makes us tense, which causes illness. It just can go on and on. So you can see how it's this cycle, right? If I have trauma in my life that I need to figure out what was the root of that and how do I resolve that and then we have perpetual triggers, right? You can feel or see how you can feel overwhelmed pretty quickly if we don't take the time to slow down and consider what's been going on, which is why we recommend, we suggest, like, take some time to pray in the morning and get quiet in your thoughts. Pay attention to how your body is feeling, what your thoughts are saying to you, um, how your emotions are today. Take an inventory. And then, you know, journal if if you like writing. Uh, Maybe record it on a voice memo for yourself. Just talk it out, right? Talk out what you're feeling. And sometimes we find we're surprised by the things that come out on the paper the things that come out of our mouth. But the the point is that you want to do that in a place where you can consider what's going on and not have it happen in a situation where you'll later regret how you reacted to a certain uh, interaction with someone and then have to go back and do the repair.
0: I wonder though that most people, I would would wager, I'm not a betting man, but it sounds like I'm super smart when I say I would wager, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that... um, that a lot of people just find themselves living in the trees or living in the caves, mm-hmm. or you know what I mean, they just think this is what life is, that right. that they're living in their emotional response, are like I've said, they've climbed an emotional tree or hidden in an emotional cave, and they just think that that's what life is. Mm-hmm. that okay, well, I guess this is my lot in life. I'm just going I have to live in a tree or I have to live in a cave, meaning that am I'm, I'm, I'm behaving in such a way to run away from the problem that I know can hurt me. Mm-hmm. and so, but then you stay there. You don't deal with anything, so you stay there. So you stay there with a lap full of Doritos, or mm-hmm. an armful of drugs, or a mouthful of booze, or a, I mean, like we right. find all these ways that are our emotional trees and caves yeah. as a way to escape, and then they just become our way of life. And mm-hmm. we're not meant to be living in caves or in trees, right? That we're meant to be out functioning.
1: Yeah, and you can. That starts because you feel ill-equipped. I don't know how to work through that process, and for various reasons, we just didn't learn how to do that. When you got hurt and you got a cut, someone showed you how to go clean it up and grab a Band-Aid, and if you needed stitches, we're going to go to the doctor. But when you got hurt emotionally, we didn't do quite as good of a job. There are some parents who did an excellent job, and you know those parents, like man, his mom or his dad or his grandma, like they're so wise and they always have the right thing to say. But maybe you didn't have that set of parents because they weren't equipped either. They didn't have someone to teach them, and so now we struggle with that. Now we're like, I, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to go about that. So I'm ill-equipped. Um, but now because it's been going on so long, I also feel overwhelmed. My lap is full of all of these things, yeah. and so now I'm coping. I'm trying to either deny what exists or I'm trying to numb myself from what exists.
0: What's it called in, in, in like science when you have an idea of why something happens? And so I have, I have an hypothesis. Mm-hmm. I already answered my question.
1: Sure. Yes, that is a science term.
0: So my hypothesis. So Green Bay, Appleton, our area... Like, it seems like almost every year we're rated as the drunkest town in America, Mm -hmm. right? We're the drunkest region in America. Right. And I think, like, why do you suppose that is? It's something we've got, like, easy access to beer more than any other place or alcohol or whatever, right? It's just, why? But then I think about how, like, the kind of people, the the culture of people that settled here, that sort of Scandinavian, Germanic, sort of, like, Eastern European sort Mm. of thing, where... Like and again, this is a hypothesis. Yes, I'm a I'm an amateur sociologist and and right. paleontologist. Okay, is that like a study of dinosaurs?
1: Yeah, I I mean I think origin
0: of species maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, but I just wonder because when you think about those people, you think of those those are the kinds of people that. If you don't know, my friend Becky is a Latina person. Yes, I am. And so like th- whatever they're feeling, they're, you know it yes. when they're feeling <laughs> it, right? And We're like, passionate I, people. Right. I don't mean to say that. In a we day, will like, agree that. I don't yes. mean that. in a. In
1: I will like, confirm okay. for
0: you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying not to use my son this morning. Yelled at me, you know my son Abe but my older son, Jared, because he said I'm, I'm using too many broad strokes all the time. And I don't mean to, but I just, I mm-hmm. feel like. I don't know, like you said, they're a passionate people,
1: mm-hmm. right yeah. they, and culturally, we do express our emotions in different ways, right which I would agree with you, and I think I've talked to enough Norwegians and uh, Polish people from the area where they say we just don't express
0: our emotions. Right. And so they hold it in, mm-hmm. right So and there's a large contingent of those, again, mm-hmm. of that kind. Nope. yeah
1: there's some pride in actually your cultural heritage and right. that we I mean Norwegians are like the Vikings right, right. so like we're we, stoic we're strong yeah. we're stoic we don't fall apart in our emotions right we find it to be a strength for us and we're proud of that yeah.
0: I'm not talking about my feelings I'm not crying I'm not you mm-hmm. know what I mean like as though that makes you weak right. or something
1: but if you're not talking about your feelings if you're not learning how to process those and traverse them in a healthy way then you're coping with them in a different way which is what I think you're
0: it. Yeah but so that's my hypothesis mm-hmm. so that we don't want to deal with it we're not going to like try to work through the trigger or the trauma but instead we're just going to try to salve the wound mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know just make it go away for a second, and that's what we do. So we'll make it go away for a Friday night or a Saturday night right. or a whole weekend right. or three hours before the Packers game, yeah. right? And so we just that's become our way to cope. And it's not coping, right. that's delaying.
1: That's delaying. And as that dam fills up, at some point there's going to be a breach. And so it takes more coping and more salve to actually deal with the hurt that's mounting behind that dam right yeah. and then and then it happens and then we feel ashamed or embarrassed and and we feel like we don't know what to do we must have broken down uh, and uh, yeah that's that's what we're trying to avoid here in that I love that we talk about these things I I remember feeling um, postpartum depression and being terrified to say anything to the doctor because I didn't want that on my record that yeah. I was a depressed person because could that affect my career and personal of me and my ministry, and so many things. And so, instead of speaking up and saying and answering, when they ask the direct question, right? Like you're like, okay, can I pass the polygraph? If like I gotta like make sure I look them in the eye right. and don't breathe yeah. hard, <laughs> right? Like and answer the question when they started asking directly because initially they didn't ask you directly, and then they started to. And then you have this whole like script running in your head about like, should I tell them the truth? Should I get the help that I need now? But what will that mean? And we're just trying to. Just get all of that out of the way so that... We can understand that our mental health and our emotional health are an important part of us, um, and there's benefits to our emotions, and there's benefits to the way that we are created, uh, and there's also ways to incorporate things to incorporate to keep us at our healthiest. And if we're not healthy now, there's no shame in that. We just need to acknowledge that and be able to do that in a safe place, but also in a place where um, there are people who have walked that path and who can provide tools that have helped them that help help. You and then leads you to the one who can help everything, right? Who can actually resolve this for us uh, and then sustain us and help us get through.
0: Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, if people are wondering if they're out there and uh, out there in our listenership, yeah. <laughs> if people are out there though and they're wondering, like, is this a thing for me? Am mm-hmm. I? Do I have unprocessed trauma or un which leads to? like unrecognizable triggers. Like mm-hmm. what What are some symptoms? Yes. Like what are some telltale signs that this is an issue for you? By the way, if you're breathing, you've got this issue. But I'm going <laughs> to let Becky, because she's smarter than me, <laughs> tell you something else. But I just feel like we've all got these things. But anyway.
1: So here's what that looks like. You may have some unresolved trauma or you may be experiencing triggers if you find yourself suspicious and untrusting of other individuals. You're always suspicious that when someone says something to you, that there's something else going on, or that you just have this um, statement for life that says no one can be trusted, trust no one. And that can really lead to an isolated life. The second thing uh, you might be experiencing is Experiencing is that you're negative or pessimistic And you're the one in the room Who they're like hey we're gonna go Out tonight and you're like well there There's a snowstorm coming so that's probably Not gonna happen there's a SNL skit and it's like uh, Debbie Downer is it and she's like Like, No matter what anyone says Like she said and you know everyone kind of gives each Other that look are you that person In the room are you pessimistic about everything Are you the one saying I would love to do This but I already know it's not gonna work out so why Even bother there's trauma there that's unreal resolve. Why is it that you have this belief and it needs to be, um, uh, looked at, uh, in you assumptions, uh, you make assumptions, you fill in self narratives, even in the face of facts. <laughs> so if someone tells you something is true and you're like, no, you already have, you don't just accept what they say, even when they can, provide you the the details and the analytics for it, um, you're already filling in a narrative for that. Why? Because your, your brain is trying to protect you. It's using the information that it assumed when the trauma happened so that you don't go through that again. Mm. And so if we're applying that, misapplying that into different places, then we need to consider what is the root of that because yeah. it's robbing us from
0: life. So one time, uh, a long time ago... Uh Maybe 1996, which was a long time ago. Now that's yeah, like 25 years stop or so. It.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, I was working a job. I was the creative director at a at a web development company, and I got called upstairs to the conference room. And I got there, and um, the, like three executive team leaders were on the far end of the table, which meant that I needed to sit at the near end of the table. And then they let me go. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, there was any number of reasons why they could have let me go. Um, but they didn't tell me. But that's not an important thing. But like that was excruciating for me. Mm-hmm. This was shortly after I'd gotten a divorce, you know. I you know, this like continued the the pattern in my life of being abandoned or left or mm-hmm. kicked out, mm-hmm. you know. And so then this week I had a meeting. Um, Actually, I need to talk to you about this meeting later off the show. Anyway, I had a meeting uh, with some people uh, to talk about uh, a business relationship that we have. And I got there. I think I was just going to talk to the guy. -hmm. But then when I got there, the guy was on the phone, and then another guy from his team sat down, and then a lady from his team sat down across the table from me, right. And and I was thrown immediately back twenty five years, right. To like I'm going to get fired, right. right? So I am on edge, like my nerves are on fire, right. Waiting for them to cross me, waiting for them to say something because I'm not going to let that happen again. You better believe I'm not going to sit here dumbfounded with a a tongue swollen in my mouth and nothing to say. I'm going to be ready and prepared to fight this time, Uh right? So all I was doing was just listening, waiting for them to say something, right? Right. Now I'm I'm old now. I'm 54 yeah. years old. I'm a Jesus person. Like, yeah. why would I even be like like a cornered cat? But that's mm-hmm. why I was, man. I was punched, right, mm-hmm. ready to pounce. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of those things. Like, this is a trauma that I've experienced, and this is a trigger, and what brings it all back.
1: So let's uh, rewind a bit, because uh, normally we start out with our definitions, and we just jump oh, right in. Oh, we totally did.
0: Sorry. <laughs> that was my fault.
1: Uh, that's great. So let me talk about trauma, because you might be listening to this far, and you're like, this has nothing to do with me, and we think of trauma. Traumas as like big events in our life and like uh, life changing things, but they can be small uh, things as well that we expected one thing, but, Uh, encountered another. That's the really basic simplistic definition of trauma. We expected one thing, but ended up with another. And so trauma is a stress that overwhelms a person's ability to cope. And so if you've ever felt like you've been blindsided, you were surprised, not in a positive way, then you have experienced a trauma. Your brain recorded that increase in uh, that spike in your, your chemical nervous system uh, and said, let's record this because this wasn't pleasant and we need to protect ourselves from
0: this going forward. I don't normally interrupt you. I've already done it twice now, but I want to make sure that everyone heard that. Yeah. So a trauma is, you called it a surprise.
1: A surprise. And
0: not in a good way. An
1: unwelcome surprise.
0: An unwelcome surprise. Mm-hmm. So think about like all the things that have happened, like, like if you got called up to the conference room and all the three executive people were there and you got fired. Mm-hmm. Like That was an unexpected negative surprise. Yeah. And now that's a blip. It's like a. If yep. I were taking a lie detector test, yep. like that would like. It was a would, spike. There'd be a spike right there,
1: and your brain said that's significant. Let me record that. Yep. Yeah, and it was not pleasant, so let's avoid that.
0: Yep. that's it.
1: That's it. Um, but it can also happen by not getting what you deserved. So you anticipated getting hugs or love or affirmation or or re reconciliation or whatever it is that you were hoping for, looking for, and you didn't get it, that's a trauma as well. And I'm going to explain how that works because your brain on trauma is, is two things. It's hypervigilant and it's, a hyperactivated nervous system. So think about the surprise where all of a sudden all these stress chemicals were released. Now your body may be in this perpetual state of danger. Anytime you see, smell, taste, hear, or the sound of something reminds you of that event, your body goes into this hyper state and you can start to bleed that into your thoughts, right? Because your brain's trying to process it. So now my thoughts are fear-based. It's our brain's effort to keep us safe from the specific threat. And if we don't know what that specific threat is, now everything is setting that on fire um, because we haven't identified the specific. It has been unresolved. And so now it's going, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? Is this it? But think about every piece of your nervous system, your brain, your body, your heart, like your heart starts beating faster. You start breathing faster, right? Why? Your body's trying to get you ready to take off, to fight, to do whatever. And it may just be that you smell the perfume of or the cologne of your boss who fired you and now you're... Activated, you're hyper vigilant, you're hyper activated, and you don't even know why.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're on alert.
1: Mm-hmm. So, hyper vigilant means that you're preoccupied with the perception of people's opinion or actions. And
0: you can see where God would create us that way, right? Both yeah. from the Neanderthal person, right, all the way to us. Mm-hmm. To, you know, like that's how our bodies are made. And so, like, we to protect ourselves,
1: yes, to protect us so that we can see these things that are threatening to us, our mind, body, or spirit, and deal with them, right? It's to lead us into action. But when we are not equipped or we haven't been taught how to walk through those difficult times, difficult encounters, um when we you know, we say we're not confrontational, right? We have this negative connotation with it. And most of that is because we've experienced someone who was overwhelming to us and we were overwhelmed because we we're not equipped in how to handle that, oh, gosh. right? And yeah. so think of uh, many of these things are rooted in your childhood. When someone stood over you in authority, who was bigger than you, stronger than you, who you anticipated would give you love, care, uh, kindness, and didn't. And so now you have this hyper vigilance in that you're reading people to the nth degree you're misreading you're creating narratives because you're trying to figure out what to do uh, how to do this and this is all based on the fact that these things happened to you in childhood and so until we go back to that point where that happened and set the record straight for us for ourselves as adults to clarify the situation and to name specifically what it is that's causing us to get so upset, we will always react to every circumstance. Again, hypervigilant, but also hyperactivated nervous system. That's a rough way to live.
0: Can I just make a sidebar here? Mm -hmm. You talked about how when you were a child, if someone that was bigger than you, more powerful than you, stood over you, you know and where you were expecting mm-hmm. love and care and you know support and protection you got the opposite now when you're 4 or 5 there's nothing in your world right. that would that would tell you that you should expect that from that person you're born with it mm-hmm. you're born with that expectation yes. so when we think about our kids and we think about how i was just talking about this with my son yesterday about how One thing I learned, because I've I've been a parent twice, once when I was 20 and once when I was 40. And the thing that I never took into account when I was 20 that I took into account when I was 40 is that you know, the uh, kid's frame of reference is so much different than an adult. But when you're a young parent or when you're a parent that's not paying mm-hmm. attention, mm-hmm. you could totally just assume that a kid processes things the way that you process yes. them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you treat them that way and like right. you're disappointed in them in a, on an adult level yeah. or you have adult expectations of them yes. or, or have an adult expectation on how they should respond. And you when they
1: question their motives and their intentions. Right. Oh
0: my gosh, they're kids.
1: When they didn't have any to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And so you could see where there'd be this cycle Of this is how my mom momed me, Mm -hmm. and so this is how I'm going to mom my kids, Mm -hmm. right? And so, not that your mom's not great, not that you're not a great mom or a great dad. I'm not trying to separate moms from dads, but like, but if you could see where this this can be cyclical, where you just like, and so there's this family, you know, culture of of trauma and triggers, and Mm -hmm. trauma and triggers, and they don't have to be. And plenty of this happens, I know, but it doesn't have to be a sexual assault or like it can just be, you know, just not getting what you want, an unwelcomed surprise or mm-hmm. uh. I always forget the word, but anyway, so that's all it could be. And there could be a cycle of that, which creates a place in you where you're always on edge. You're always on alert. You're always ready to pounce or run or climb a tree or walk into a cave.
1: Yeah, because you still have those needs that need to be met inside of you, right? And if you're in this perpetual fear and anxious state that you will not receive it because that is what your experience was, and now you're nervous. Yeah, about it uh, now you're hyper vigilant about every interaction what does this mean what is it saying am I not gonna get this let me adjust and so that's where you have some of you know the more psychological terms you have enmeshments where there's in families where there's there's a lack of healthy boundaries right not barriers but boundaries you have codependency right we're codependent on another person and when we're not codependent on the people in our family then we look and become codependent on someone externally and that's a way we were never intended to actually put on another person, right? There are people, uh, scripture says that we can't rely on human flesh. And when we become codependent on another person, we're expecting things from them that they weren't created to provide for us. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's generational trauma, right? So what was experienced by my grandmother, my mother is passed down to me. I had fears for a long time that had nothing to do with my personal experiences, but the experiences that my mother shared with me. And so that created some fear and anxiety. And so I experienced some trauma and And I had to work through that. I had to tell myself, you've never experienced these things. And even though mom talked about them, that grandma talked about them, or they went through them, I'm now carrying that that anxiety, that trauma with me if I haven't resolved it or if they haven't resolved it, right? And so we have to understand that when we heal ourselves as well, we help heal the people in our family. We help heal generations, not only the one before us, but the one to come.
0: Yeah, to that point, because if you don't feel like this exploration of this or this if you'll allow me this journey to wholeness mm. isn't worth it for you know that it's worth it for your kids right like they i mean you someone's got to stop mm-hmm. if there's this cycle of not only generational say those trauma. words. trauma mm-hmm. right but this cycle of i don't know not dealing with stuff mm-hmm. like you can put an end to it like right. like like Rrr! like just take a second and step yeah. off the merry-go-round for a second and see how it's operating why are there's up and down and why yes. you know what I mean
1: cuz if you're finding your triggers are confusing think about I thought about my kids, honestly, when I started my own journey to wholeness. I thought, I can't pass these things on to them. I have to figure them out. And instead of just repeating or these behaviors that I had adopted or reacting or internally shaming myself for not knowing things as a younger person, right? So often we say in our childhood, but for not knowing things when I was 13, for not knowing things when I was 18 or 25 or 29, it was, I was thirty. Three years old before I said, hey, I need to address the things going on in me because here I had these beautiful wide-eyed children who were so forgiving. Like if there's any being on the earth that forgives like Jesus forgives, those kids do. You, You can lose your temper with them and two seconds later, they're like, it's okay. Came on me, I love you. And I knew that I couldn't take advantage of that, that I needed to be better for them. But also I wanted to teach them better. I didn't want them to struggle with the difficult things, the confusing things that I was dealing with, because I just was not equipped. We didn't talk about these things and we surely didn't confess these things to the doctor when they asked us about them. But it was my responsibility to seek out what was going on, to understand myself better, so that I could give them a better tomorrow.
0: I want to get to like what the fixes look like for this. But before they do, I just want to share with you. Just one quick story about this in the context of, that we're talking about because I, prior to uh, Journey and and doing this, my own exploration, I would allow my, the chaos of my life and the the stress of my life and the clutter of my life mm-hmm. to affect me emotionally and then I would just spill it on my kids yeah. and they didn't have any context at all. No. None. None. So they're just like so they what so their only deduction is like, oh, I must be a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. If dad's talking to me this exactly. way, I must be a piece of crap.
1: Right. I must be bad. I right. must have done this. This is my fault. Yes. Think of all of those scripts that you may have yourself. Yep. That because we um, had a bad moment, and this is where I want to reassure you in that we can heal these moments. So yes. don't be hard on yourself right now if you're like, "I've done this to my kids, Oh my gosh, this is how they feel," because I was there too. I remember praying like, "Oh God, please, I hope they don't remember any of these things." And then to find out they did, and my heart was broken, and and a friend reminded me, "Hey, but you're equipped now yeah. to actually walk them through this and to correct those things. and And when we do, when we lead our kids to the path of, Hey, I'm going to confess to you that this was not okay. I'm still working this out. That was wrong of me. Here's what I should have done. And here's what we're going to do going forward. It healed everything. Uh, in a way that I was skeptical about because I had a brain on trauma, right? I was definitely a pessimist. I was negative. I was suspicious and untrusting. Yeah. And if I let myself get into an unhealthy place, those things will rise up again. They will invite me is what I say. They will invite me. Hey, this is what we used to do. Is this an option? And I have to remind myself that no, they're not an option. I walked that path before and it's not the path I'm going to take any longer. I know better now. Yeah. But I'm not going to, uh, what do we say? I know we said this in our journey group, that we weren't going to um, judge ourselves in hindsight. That's not fair. That's not kind. You can't judge yourself at 20, how you parented at 20, when you're 40, right? But at 40, you can be accountable for what you know now and do better.
0: Right. And so I feel like what I do now with my kids is hopefully even before I... Uh, explode uh, Explode's a hard word Like I, I feel like I used to explode Explode mm-hmm. Like the full on full. Yeah. But I feel like Even just like react You know Strongly Right Hopefully, I get it before I even do that, where I'll say, listen, this is what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I've got this going on with work. I've got this going on with church. I've the, this needs to be done here at home, yep. and I'm exhausted, and I just really need a second just to sit down and have some rice yes. and cheese. Because really what I love is- uh, I, I think
1: rice and butter.
0: It is rice and butter and cheese. <laughs> and so it's, it's half just- regular rice but then half jasmine rice
1: oh because I like
0: that little bit of stickiness oh. to it and then uh, and then the butter and then uh, grated Parmesan like not Kraft Parmesan in a green top okay. can I don't know maybe you guys this don't even know very this very
1: specific no yeah. it's a good Parmesan yeah
0: because there's a good Parmesan like my whole life I just thought that all Parmesan came in a can yeah. and it was powder like yeah. I just thought that's how Parmesan was I didn't know that Parmesan was in fact mm. the king of cheese mm. There's a particular one I like. It's called Sarvecchio, and oh. it's out of uh, it's from Sartori down in Sheboygan. All these S's, but anyway, <laughs> you can get gray, gray, grated, grated Sarvecchio at the Woodmans. Anyway, so the rice, jasmine and regular rice with the butter and this Sarvecchio. Gra- oh my gosh! Some Have
1: garlic? you had Indian rice? You know how they're, it's almost like noodley. Really. Yes. Yes. I just noticed this the last time I went,
0: but rice is a comfort food. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So right, right. Rice. Anyway. So like really what I just need right now is I just need to sit down and watch a show on the Netflix and, and, and eat some rice. And so like, I'll deal with this in a second, but know that this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, If I I have to do it afterwards, I for sure say, hey, listen, I never, ever should have said that.
1: Yeah. I love that. That also shows them, gives them permission to take a time out themselves. Yes. Right? To take a break and to express that, hey, I'm overwhelmed right now. Right? and even though I'm overwhelmed, there's a solution. There's a resolution and yeah. I'm getting to it and I'm inviting you into that process.
0: But the opposite, sorry, I keep interrupting you today, but the opposite of that is just reacting after reacting after yeah. reacting. And now you're double down on making your kids feel like it's their fault. Mm-hmm. If you don't take the time to explain to them where you were coming from and why you said it. And I mean, maybe you don't even need to always apologize, but for sure, if you give them some context, right? right you're not building this thing around them where they feel like my dad hates me. Yeah, I love the progression you talked about though, because I'm sure...
1: That many of you are reacting right now. That you're you're blowing up, yes. and you're feeling awful about it. Wishing that you could be a better parent, and you're not realizing, hey, there's some trauma that you have to work through. And maybe you've traumatized yourself in the blowing up. Yep. And I feel horrible about it. And what do I do about it? And you don't have anyone to ask. Well, Journey to Wholeness is definitely a place where you can ask those questions. Um, Life Church is a place where you can ask those questions. Life Church downtown is a de- Definitely a place yeah. you can ask those questions and even maybe have some comforting rice. Uh, yes. there, There's just places that you can ask those questions now where I don't think that we did or we didn't believe we did in the past. And so now there's... there's a plethora of opportunities to go into what is it that's going on, but then the progression is you know then I caught myself. Yeah. I was getting upset and I caught myself and i I, I responded, maybe I, I like maybe I sneered, maybe I was um, sarcastic, uh, maybe I was quick to answer and it wasn't kind. And you caught that. And then the progression. I promise you, like, it felt overwhelming when I started this journey. And I hoped, but I didn't have a lot of hope. Like, I was pretty... You know, pessimistic about it That there would be improvement And yet, as you exercise this muscle In your heart and in your brain It becomes easier to do And you can celebrate each win Like the first time I caught myself And just said, I need to take a break I'm overwhelmed right now I could have done a victory dance um, Because I knew what that avalanche Or that snowball was going to be If I had engaged in what I had engaged in before Yeah All that happened because I started asking myself the question, When did this first begin? And that's part of that process. Like First, you have to pause and take a deep breath because remember, your uh, nervous system is hyperactivated. And so we have to calm down our bodies. We have to calm down everything that's screaming, there's danger, and let it know that there is not. And then notice where you feel tension or pain in your body. And we're not really good. We get so overwhelmed that we don't pay attention to those things because when we can pay attention to those things, then we can help it to slow down. My heart would start to beat like thump, thump, thumper in my chest and I had to pay attention to it and like tell it in my brain because your brain controls your body if you didn't know, tell it from my brain to slow down that we need to calm down right now and then acknowledge and name the emotion that you have. You don't have to feel it and fall to the ground in despair but you can say, I feel really overwhelmed. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. How is it that you feel? When you name that emotion, you're basically telling your brain that you're on it. And when you tell your brain you're on it, then it doesn't have to send you all the red flags and signals that make you feel overwhelmed. It's basically saying, hey, I got this. Like It's like having that like... Um, you ever have that friend who was like kind of the muscle for you and you're right. like, bro, I got yeah, this. Yeah, yep, and he's yeah, yeah. like, okay, cool. And then he backs off. Right? Yes. <laughs> it's that when you acknowledge it, you name the emotion, you're yes. telling your brain, your, your big brother brain that you got it. And then ask yourself, when did you first feel this way? Because it's, it's come up. That emotion is up. It's trying to say, Hey, is this the same thing? Yes. What you need to stop and say is what thing? When's the first time I remember feeling this way? And let your brain, which holds all of your memories, if not in your conscious, in your conscious, give it a second and it will tell you. You'll have this memory that comes up and you're like, <gasps> that's the first time that I felt that way. Yeah. And I feel this way today because of that, because I'm feeling like it's the same thing is happening again. And I know you've had that moment where you've gone, it's happening again. Yeah. And if we can stop that, it's happening again. That happens so subconsciously now, because it's so quick, because it's been going on so long. If we can slow down time to catch that and you ask what's happening again, now we can resolve it. Oh, that, well, that happened because this, this, and this, and you're strong and you're an adult now. And you've learned so many things, and you're wise, and you gain knowledge, and you're able to do this. And you can teach yourself with the authority of your mind, the authority of your tongue, the authority of the Holy Spirit, and tell yourself who you are. Remind yourself that this is not where we live. This is where we live now. It helps then to set your brain. It gives your brain new information that when you go to sleep tonight, it starts doing the work, the rework of renewing your mind, so that tomorrow, when you get triggered, because you probably will get triggered. You go, mm, but you know, here's your brain. Should we fight, flight, freeze? Or, oh, is it this thing you told me yesterday? It's this thing you told me yesterday. Cool, then we don't need to get upset. We know what it is, and now we can have a conversation and respond instead of reacting.
0: Yeah, I love that. Sometimes we talk about in uh, Journey to Wholeness, we talk about how we need to rewire some things. We need to like, there's a shorter way to get from here to there, but because of... We need to defragment our minds. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, like on a Mac I don't know what it's like on a PC because I've never been a PC person because that's stupid <laughs> so but on a Mac at least in the old days you'd have to defragment your Mac because it would like take some things off the shelf and put things back on the shelf your mind would take things off the shelf and put things back on the shelf We'd take off the shelf put it back on the shelf no one ever ever takes the time to put the top on right or to square mm-hmm. it up like no one ever takes the time to do that if I think about the pantry at my house no one ever ever you can do it once like and everything's like aligned up by height and by weight or whatever and no one ever puts it Tupperware drawer is a better example. That's mm-hmm. a much better example mm-hmm. is the Tupperware drawer. Yes. Like you can buy stackable Tupperware all you want, but if you don't put it back in the stacks, yeah. it's just going to be a mess anyway. Yep. And that's what our brain does, right? With these things is that it def- it fragments, mm-hmm. right? So now our drawer is overflowing with Tupperware. Who even knows what this lid is mm-hmm. right now? Why do we have all these containers with no lids? Right, right. And so sometimes we, we have to like defragment our minds. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, Journey to Wholeness helps us do that. It mm-hmm. helps us defragment the things that we've taken up and put back, taken up and put back, taken up and put mm-hmm. back, lost the lid for this one, tried another lid, broke that lid. Now I've got two containers with no tops, but they're still in my drawer. Why are they even there? I'm not even, yeah. They're not even useful to me anymore. Yeah.
1: Once you understand what the clues are that are in front of you, they're everywhere, right? There are signs everywhere. Fool's Russian. That's Fool's Russian. Did you ever yeah. see that? Yeah. I did. With Salma Hick. Yes. And Matthew yeah. Perry. It's probably why I talk about billboards. Um. Uh, so there's signs everywhere in your life in how in your behaviors and in your emotions and your thought processes. If you can learn how to identify those, then we tell you, you can get to the root. You can connect the dots, right? And when we can connect the dots, then we create a new narrative. We don't <laughs> allow narratives kind of just to pop off all over. Is it, Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? No. Now we actually use the information that we have in our memory banks, in front of us, in scripture, uh, in our Journey to Wholeness workbooks. And we connect the dots so that when you leave there, you feel much more capable of actually addressing life's difficulties.
0: Hag and... Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, and Chandler? what's his name? No, no, it wasn't Chandler. That's that was that movie. But I was thinking about um, Desperado, mm-hmm. right? Someone hick and what's his name? Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Oh my gosh, that couple together, just yeah. stop yeah. it! Like, that was like they were like the coolest couple. That was ever. like
1: 1996.
0: Oh, maybe that's where it all started. <laughs> anyway, it's a really great movie. I feel like for guys, probably it was probably mm. not a great movie. I liked it. I like yeah, right. But you're kind of a guy chick. <laughs> so if people feel like sorry. If people feel like they don't have the tools. Like even all the great things that you just said, if they don't feel like they have the tools to do this on their own and they feel like they need Journey to Wholeness, how does that work?
1: You just go to j2wholeness.org and we have groups available. We have intensives that you can engage in. Uh, There's a retreat, a surprise there's a retreat coming up that we're going to be doing in the in the uh, green bay area and uh there's an online version that you can sign up for there are so many ways now to get plugged into journey homes to get these very tools to start your very own journey because if you don't resolve the trauma it's going to dictate your current reality
0: in fact you've got a new new couples young couples
1: yes and uh in we have a new engaged and newly married couples group starting up uh, next week. So probably when you're hearing this and uh, just, I just remember when I was going through the process thinking, I wish I had known this when we first got married, we would have saved ourselves a lot of heartache and trouble if we had these practical things, uh, things that people weren't talking about. They didn't tell you how your first year of marriage, there's some adjustments. Yeah. There's some hard things to work through. Um yeah, and thank goodness you're still in the honeymoon phase. It's kind of like the newborn baby, right? They're so right. cute and beautiful still because it gets you through that first uh, year of all the adjustments that can be challenging.
0: Yeah, so good. Yeah, I really want to reiterate that if you, the the one telltale sign that you might need journey to wholeness is that you are taking breaths. Uh, like, it's just, it's perfect for everyone. Like, I never thought that I was a super broken person and I, I still don't feel like I'm broken, but you don't have to be broken uh, to improve. Right. Like, you can improve even from a good place. And so... Really want to super-duper recommend uh, taking part in Journey to on any kind of platform that you can, whether that's in a retreat or in an online version or uh, signing up for the next group that's meeting. I think that's it. Do we have anything else? That's it. This was a great episode. You did so good. Oh, so did you. So anyway, uh, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. We'd love it if you could subscribe to the podcast. And better yet, if you could uh, uh, do a a review or a rating, Uh, what happens there is on the podcast platforms, that makes it available to more people. So the more reviews and ratings that we have, the more people uh, can be exposed uh, to these words. And so we'd love it if you did that. In the meantime, uh, thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next time on The Whole Podcast.